Hey, humanoids. Today's episode of The Masked Man Show is brought to you by TheRinger.com, where we've got extensive World Cup coverage, everything you need to know leading up to the NBA draft and NBA free agency, and so, so much more. It's Westworld finale time. Out of, out of respect for me, go read our Westworld stuff. As always, we're brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, too, where you can check out lots of Ringer FC episodes, all covering the World Cup from every different angle. Shack House has a couple of great shows in the U.S. Open. The Ringer NBA show has everything you need to know about basketball right now. And uh, a new addition to our family. Well, it's an old addition, but it's a new generation of it. Binge mode Harry Potter. If you're a Harry Potter fan, or even if you're not, Mallory and Jason are just going deep on, uh, you know, one of the most important series of our era. Uh, and you can also, always, as always, check out my other podcasts, Westworld, The Recapables, and The Press Box with co-host Brian Curtis on the Channel 33 podcast feed. So be sure to subscribe to all of those wherever you get your podcasts. And now, you know what time it is. What time? It's time! It's made Welcome to the Mask Man Show. I am your host, David Shoemaker, sitting across from me, as always, in a lovely yellow jacket. Big Daddy Dave Schilling, how you doing, man? It's summertime, man. What better time to bring out a yellow jacket? I feel like Mr. Perfect in this yellow. I, when I when I look at you, I often think of Mr. Perfect, Kurt. I think. Um, right off the top of the show today, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, not the least of which is maybe the best episode of the best Raw SmackDown combo in 2018. I mean, is that saying too much? It's only June, man. But yeah, um, I would I would agree with that. It was really fantastic. But uh, we have to start off with some um, sad news. And that is that Big Van Vader, Leon White, has passed away um, from heart failure at the age of 63. Uh, he's been sick for a while, you know, all, all year there's been, I mean, he had open heart surgery, I think in March and, and, uh, you know, he's been dealing with stuff for a while. So I think, you know, this doesn't come as the biggest surprise. Um, but it's really sad and 63, I mean, we were just talking last week about people working at 63, you know, I mean, 63 is, is too young to go. And especially, I mean, I, you know, everybody listening to this knows that I, Got my start writing about dead wrestlers, and and part of what really uh, um, motivated me was, you know, the fact that these wrestlers are like they're they're larger than life, they're superheroes, they're gods, you know, and so it's, you know, for so much of the, for, for, in so many instances, we see them in their glory days, and then back when we were kids, you'd never see them again. Maybe you know somebody would leave WWF and pop up in WCW or something, but you just remembered them at their peak, and so it's really hard to contemplate. They're dying. Um, and, you know, Van Vader was one of those guys. For people that, you know, are a little bit younger, that knew him primarily in his, like, Attitude Era WWF run, um, you know, he was a different worker than he was in Japan and even in in the Crockett territory and in NWA, WCW. Um, but he was he was still amazing. And I think it's it's reductive to say he was the best, I think Meltzer said, the best 400-pounder the industry ever, ever you know, had. Um, but that's sort of, that's sort of it. 
there's nobody there was um there's nobody that could work like him at his size you know it's sort of like i mean this is totally far afield but you know there's there's like professional athletes in football or basketball you know you look at somebody you look at like a great tight end and you would say you know he'd be a hall of famer even if he never if, even if he couldn't block he was such a good catcher but he could block you know someone like jason witten fits that mold or you know and there's there's definitely you know in basketball it's like you know lebron would still be an all-timer if he were a bad passer because he does everything else so well or you know whatever but, but he has all those skills and that's what makes him transcendent and vader was you know, Vader could have just been a big man. And with that look and with his, you know, with his brain, he could have been an all-timer even if he couldn't come off the top rope and just run, you know, do every move in the ring um, like a like a cruiser. But he could do all that stuff. He was just, I mean, and part of the reason why we'll never, why, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin has left a generation of people trying to be like him. The Rock, there's a generation of wrestlers trying to be like The Rock. It's never really going to be that way for someone like Van Vader because there's people just can't be Van Vader. Yeah, even someone like a Killian Dane who is in that I was mold, just thinking about him, yeah. is not necessarily able to do all the things that Vader could do. Vader and can I think is a, like legit like significantly smaller than Vader. Yeah, Vader was doing moonsaults. I think that was the first time I ever saw a guy do a moonsault besides like Jushin Liger. Yeah. Was Vader. Um and he could cut a promo. I was watching some old WCW Saturday Night episode with him and Harley Race, and he cut a promo that I thought, like, Vader did that? You blonde-haired, blue-eyed punk! I used to steal lunch money from boys like you back in my school days. But that ain't all I'm going to steal from you today, brother. I'm going to take your pride. And Dusty, the great American dream, if you're listening, I'm going to hit your boy so hard today. Your grandchildren are going to have black eyes. In fact, there may be no grandchildren. Vader! And then the helmet, the the breathe the smoke, and all the stuff that he was remembered for in WCW is how I would like to you know, talk about him. I, I, the WWF run was a huge disappointment, and it really ruined the mystique of this character who was larger than life, like you said, and legitimately terrifying to a young child. Oh, for sure. He was awesome. Zach Linder, friend of the pod, was texting that earlier, that like he, back in that, his, his the Flair-Vader rivalry in WCW, he wasn't sure what he felt, what he thought about Ric Flair, but he knew he was terrified of Van Vader. With, with uh, Zach Linder's uh, beautiful red hair and beard, he's almost like a mini Vader. <laughs> mini, mini Vader. <laughs> mini, mini Vader. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vader was just, he, I mean, he was absolutely one of the greats. And um, there's, I mean, there honestly will never be anybody like him. Talk about like, you know, making, uh, making the work seem like a shoot, you yep. know? I mean, there is, there is never going to be a moonsault that look that, that looks like it could destroy you. It could like smash you into pieces the way that his did, you know? And he, but, and, but he could, but he was such a great worker that he, when he, unless he wanted to you know, send a message. He was, he would protect the people in the ring, you know, so well. Of course, you go back and look at his work in Japan, check out YouTube. You'll find some amazing stuff. First of all, breaking all of the supposedly hard and fast rules, you know, that American wrestling has. He's just like throwing drop kicks, like not, <laughs> not as like a high spot, just like because he can do it. Yep. Um, but go back and look at some of those great matches. I mean, if there's the legendary like Stan Hansen stuff, and we all know about the Mick Foley feud, but man, I mean, that guy could just, 
I mean, he just threw forearms like he was trying to break down a brick wall. And it was, yeah. I mean, he was just an incredible dude. An elite strong style striker in his time. And it's unfortunate that injuries took their toll on him, that maybe his attitude was not the greatest in the backstage area. I know Eric Bischoff and, and Bruce Pritchard have had things to say that make you think, ah, oh, maybe he was his own worst enemy, so to speak. And he's the reason why he wasn't a bigger star than he should have been. Uh, but certainly the injuries played a big part in keeping Vader from living up to his potential. Yeah. I mean, and I, th- I mean, I, I don't know that you, he could have, I mean, we talked about potential. I mean, he, he lived up to his potential for so much of his career. There, he could have done more, but so could have everybody else. You know, injuries yeah. are part of every professional wrestler's narrative. And, and it, it was that way for Leon White. Um, he was just just one of the best. He was, you know, he was legit. He came out, came from, came out of football like so many guys back in the day. But a lot of those football players came over to wrestling when they blew out both their knees and couldn't do anything anymore. And 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 Vader was was just like we said, like I already said, just one of the best athletes in the business. Yeah, size be damned. Well, he didn't really do much in the NFL. I think he had a cup of coffee with the LA Rams, and that was it. So he he came in without all the bumps and bruises of someone, you know, like. Uh, Oh, who would it be a good Steve McMichael? <laughs> you know, Steve McMichael yeah. was not much of a worker because he had a whole NFL career behind him. Leon didn't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Am I correct? Correct. I usually don't do I don't I'm not I'm not one of those uh, you know, fill in the blank should be in the Hall of Fame guys only because the Hall of Fame's a work too. And if they put in everybody that deserved to be in, they there would be no more Hall of Fames. You know, it'd be a really <laughs> la- lame ceremony every yeah. year. Um But he'll be in. Yeah. I think that's I think that, you know, it's the probably probably next year. And, he, and and whenever he gets in, he he deserves it. Absolutely. He's he, one of the all-time greats. Big Van Vader, Leon White, we'll miss you. Um and just It will always be Vader time. It will always be Vader time, especially on the Masked Man show. Um Next big news mm. of the week. Big news. Big news. Uh, another big man, Big Cass, has been, um, well, not future endeavored, formally not future endeavored. <laughs> He's been uh, just separated from the company. Um, a lot of, I, I, if, if Meltzer has published his, his TikTok of this, I haven't seen it. He said there was one coming today. Um, but yeah, he, apparently on Tuesday night at the SmackDown taping, Vince and Cass had a had a sit down meeting in the back, and uh, it ended with Cass being let go from WWE. There's a lot of rumors, a lot of innuendo. Um, you know, we, we talked before about how there was the 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 some apparently some heat on him for for going off script when he beat up the little person dressed as Daniel Bryan a while back. Um, there also, I think, I think Pro Wrestling Sheet had some had some stuff about him. Uh, you know, not availing himself too professionally on the UK tour. Yeah, apparently he was drinking on the tour, which is like, okay, people drink on, on, on the tour, but apparently his attitude related to that as he was intoxicated was not good. I'm pulling up the uh, the report here from Ryan Satin, uh, so we have it. Yeah, essentially it started with the with the issue with the little person, and then he was intoxicated in public, Um he ripped the door off of the toilet because he thought he was being ribbed because it it wasn't opening. So it was it was on on a tour bus. Yeah, he went in the the back the the bathroom in the back of the bus, couldn't get out, and thought he was being ribbed. So eventually, he just like kicked the door off the bathroom, which is 
I guess understandable, but you could also you I mean if you're in a, if you if you live in a world where being ribbed is, you know, a thing that that occurs, I can you can see how one's mind would go there, but you can also understand how for everybody else, they would just be like it would be impossible for you to for everyone else to comprehend. No one can get in your mind at that moment, right? And even if they're just like, okay, he thought he was being ribbed, you still have now have a tour bus that doesn't have a door on the bathroom. Yeah, so people are doing their business in full view of everyone else, which is not ideal. Um, it does beg the question of whether or not ribs are good for morale. Uh, I mean, it's not our business. They do whatever they want. Wrestlers are uh, still somewhat of a secret society where they they have different rules and unwritten rules and whatnot. But I get it. If you think that somebody has locked you into a bathroom on a tour bus, you're going to be upset. I know you're not supposed to sell the rib, but that's that's cruel. That's 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 like a dynamite kid style yeah, rib. But whatever. I mean, that's you know, I think it was just a series of things. And there's some there's some feeling that it wasn't just I mean, it is weird that that it was Vince that personally kind of let him go. But I think there's some some people are theorizing that that uh, Cass asked for a sit down with Vince and the and the end result of that, whether or not it was, it was Cass asking for his release, if you don't have anything else for me, whatever, and Vince um, giving it to him or Vince just kind of saying, you know, whatever, ha- something might, some another small thing happened and that was the last straw. A lot of people online are looking at the sort of like pseudo burning hammer thing that, that, that Cass did to Brian on Sunday at Money in the Bank. That didn't look too problematic to me, although maybe that there is just some arcane rule that that violated... Um, but you know, and I think it also bears mention that there's been a lot of talk that Cass is a Vince McMahon guy. I mean, obviously he fits the mold. He's a big, blonde, long-haired, tanned, muscly fellow. And if, and this is based on no reporting. But if but if you know if Vince had been the one to go to bat for him over the past year or so about after, especially after his split from Enzo and you know pushing him and everything else, then it makes some sense that Vince would be the one to sort of put a pin in it. I mean, to sort of end the thing. I almost think that we're at a point in WWE's history where if someone has a lot of heat backstage or if there's just not a lot of creative uh, juice behind someone, it's better to let them go, work the indies, make some money, mm-hmm. which he'll be able to do, yeah, and then come back at some point. Well, if Cass it's also Ellsworth, is, Drew McIntyre, there's a big history of this happening now. Cass was also going to medical school and could still, I mean, he has, a, he has another life he could return to if he wanted to. I think that two things. One... I I agree. There's some, for some reason this feels sort of like, you know, Pritchard will talk about these things in the on his podcast that happened back in the day. This feel for some reason to me this feels like one of those like statement firings. Mm. It wouldn't be that surprising, and that and 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 if it follows some of the early examples that I'm referencing, it wouldn't be that surprising. He was back in six months. Yep. You know, this is just may, maybe a thing where it's like, okay, he's done one too many things. People are getting the idea that we're letting this slide. We're just going to fire him to tell everybody that we don't that we're not going to let this stuff go. And then the firing is sort of the the punishment, and we'll talk again soon. You know. Yeah, and he'll have six months, like I said, to do whatever but, he wants to learn something on the indies. Yeah, and it's, that's what's interesting. That's what's most interesting to me because, and why I think maybe my what I just said isn't true. Why well, I'm 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 conflict, you know, contradicting myself. But at a moment when all in has clearly, you know, rattled some cages in in Stanford. Um, 
when they're when WWE has is pulling the rug out from under Ring of Honor for a MSG show because presumably you know they're they're worried about or you know they they they're worried about you know having a real rival. Um, they're trying to maintain their hold their grasp on the top. Um, it's interesting that you would that you would allow Enzo and Cass to be a thing outside <laughs> of WWE. Yeah, well, like I you mean, would, you, it would almost make more sense for them just to say, like, Cass, go home. We don't want to, you know, we're not going to use you, but we'll keep paying you because, you know, no matter what you think about him, um, and Enzo's, you know, whatever you think about that guy, I mean, those guys are a draw and would be, you know, if, if people are willing to take the PR hit to hire, I mean, the, you know, that, that hiring them would, would mean... I mean that's an enormous boon to anybody that would that could put those guys on a on a card. Enzo is Enzo a on his own, not so much. Toxic personality though, yeah. and I think the the um, PR that you would get for signing him is not worth it. It's the bad kind because he's handled this whole post allegation situation very poorly and just doesn't seem like a team player kind of guy. And also appears to be making a real run at being a hip-hop star. Plus, <laughs> Enzo and Cass I'm have heat, sure it seems that. like. Enzo yeah. was tweeting maybe kayfabe, maybe not, uh, insults or shade um, at Cass after the firing was announced. I don't know. It's, it's I mean, indie wrestling is where all ri- old rivalries go to die, you know? Yeah. I mean, if they take, whatever. I mean, there are, you know, so many stories of old tag teams that hate each other that will take that thousand dollar paycheck to show up and wrestle in a gym in Poughkeepsie or whatever you yep. know um but yeah so anyway that's a that's it's it's really interesting and I think it's interesting for where WWE is right now like I was just saying um it's also interesting for you know trying to read back into the pat the entire Daniel Bryan big cast feud as to when these things might happen you know I mean it's it's you you have to wonder how long this was in the you know, this, this was a part of the plan because regardless of when this decision was made, I mean, Brian is, you know, was immediately positioned to be a contender for the top belt. And I guess you could have had Cass in that same match and, you know, you could have done something different, but uh, I don't know. I mean, we were trying to f- suss this out last week when we were making our money in the bank predictions. How can both Daniel Bryan and Cass come at it? Like, how can we end this feud and have neither of them lose for losing, you know? Um, it makes a lot more sense when, if you, if you look back and say like basically from the beginning or at least after the first match, if they were just letting Cass be a, you know, crash test dummy for, and you know, just Brian's warm up act. Yeah. It, it, it makes a lot of sense in hindsight and, uh, it certainly makes a lot of sense why he jobbed clean for the second month in a row. For if, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, is there anything else we need to say about this? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. There are allegedly uh, one or two other incidents that Ryan could not verify that led to this. I'm sure we'll find out eventually um, what those were. But I think at the end of the day, it just was. It was logical. He had hit a ceiling. Yeah, he was not. The, the match at Money in the Bank was fine. But when I thought about like what's next for Big Cass, nothing really came to mind. It mm-hmm. seemed like he had his momentum when he came back. He's working with one of the top guys in the company. After losing that match, or even if he won, I really don't 
know what that character is, who he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. what his motivation is. Besides, I'm large. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was a problem. It was a strange. It was a strange run for him on SmackDown. Speaking of SmackDown, <clears throat> uh, he, you know, everybody knows he was formerly in a relationship with the SmackDown Women's Champion Carmella. I mean, and I, I immediately, my mind went back to that scene, and I mean, was it like a twenty-four set? Like, what was the what was the doc where they was it the ESPN thing where where Triple H told Cass and Enzo that they were getting called up to the main roster, but that Carmella wasn't coming, and it was just like if she's ever going to be a star, it's gonna she's got to she's got to earn it on her own. Yeah, who would have thought at that moment in time? I mean, it really felt like they were just sort of like cutting the dead weight in Carmella at that point, and who would have thought that? She would be the last one standing. Well, and, I mean, and holding the and holding the belt. <laughs> it shows you that the people in charge of managing talent in WWE, Triple H especially, have a really good grasp of what what works and what doesn't work. There's probably a reason why Nikki Cross is not with Sanity on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's uh, I don't think that these factions should have valets or or female wrestlers being mm-hmm. part of it, or if it's just like, hey, we have a separate women's division and these women need to develop their own characters to really succeed yeah. and don't need to be living off of, you know, whatever the man is doing. Uh, it's it's good for them, and it was good for Carmella. Carmella may not be the best worker in the world, but she gets heat, man. She is, her and Alexa Bliss, say what you want about what they can do in the ring and their selling ability, which I will on on numerous occasions, but, man, people hate them. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, there was a, it was announced this week that uh, the women of wrestling W Wow, um, uh, in conjunction with Mark Cuban and Jeannie Buss yes. and, and sort of others are, are having a are having a women's uh, professional wrestling league. Uh, but also the guy who founded Glow is part of it too. Um, and I was looking at their roster trying to figure out if I knew anybody. I guess like what like I at this point I'm just interested, um, like. I, I really w- would love to know like how Carmella would stack up in ring against just all of the indie female wrestlers that I don't watch enough tape of. So obviously pro- <laughs> she's not as good as most. I mean, but whatever. I mean, I don't. I don't know. She, the, there's so much, so much talent in WWE right now. There is a ton, and I know that's a, a complaint of a lot of fans. Is oh, Carmella's not a great worker. She can't hold her own with Oscar or with Charlotte or with Sasha Banks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But WWE is about getting heat. It's about reactions. And it's uh, about match cutting Sunday promos. night was fine. Well, let's talk fine. about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. WWE Money in the Bank 2018 went down. Our predictions were mostly wrong again. Um, Why yeah, do I, we even bother? My, mine were fake predictions. Right. Okay. Um, it was all a work. Asuka, Asuka uh, retained the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship with the Wait, Asuka help, retained? I'm sorry, um, Carmella retained Oof. against Asuka. Careful now. With the help of a returning James Ellsworth. Ah! It's Ellsworth! James Ellsworth! You have got to be kidding me. This goof again? Yeah! A shame that got spoiled by this podcast last week. Hmm. But it was also spoiled by every other yeah, website on the internet, so get over it. They did their best. Um... But well, well, let's let's just run every run through everything in order. Um, Bludgeon Brothers uh, beat Gallus and Anderson, and then did it again on SmackDown. Odd thing, kind of a, a burial there of the Good Brothers, but they seem to be they taking it. They look good on SmackDown. I enjoyed that match. I enjoyed the one on um, the Money in the Bank pre-show. I, yeah. They have chemistry. These are these are two teams I would like to see wrestle again. So it's a shame that um, the, the, the this seems to be over. 
But the Bludgeon Brothers are getting a little bit of a promotion working with Daniel Bryan going forward. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Daniel Bryan over Big Cass, we've discussed um, uh, Daniel Bryan's, you know, moving on to bigger and better things. Well, depending on how you define the Bludgeon Brothers, I guess, but (laughs) he's he's moving on. Um, Lashley over Zane. anything worth saying there? Sami Zayn uh, taking some time off due to an injury. He mm-hmm. went to to Birmingham, Alabama to get checked out. So yes, not the biggest heel, the biggest heel in the wrestling <laughs> business, Doctor James Andrews. It's it makes sense then that he would he would kind of lose this in in decisive fashion. By the way, SmackDown really got fucked in the Superstar Shakeup. They got they lost Sami Zayn. Oh no no, Sami Zayn's on Raw. Yeah. Oh, so now it's a, it's a toss up. Yeah, it's a toss up. All right. Uh, Big Cass is out on the SmackDown side. Sami Zayn's out on the Raw side. Eh, I, I don't think Big Cass was really no, a linchpin of the but show. But when it happened, it still felt like you had to hope that Big Cass was going to like get over somehow for it to balance out. Yeah. And Sami Zayn was a little bit of a throw-in on the Raw side, as much as I love him. Um, Seth Rollins over Elias. We'll talk more about Seth momentarily. Um, the big the big beats of the night start now. Um well, let's talk about Money in the Bank at the, in a minute. Uh, Roman Reigns over Jinder Mahal. Uh, yet again, a a crowd takes a shit on a Roman Reigns match. I said a lot about this on Twitter. I will very briefly restate my point that it just doesn't seem necessary to say that a match is bad when it's just started. At this point, you yeah. just want to hate Roman Reigns. If you hate Roman Reigns, great. But the match itself was not technically bad. It was yeah, just I something think you did not want if, to see. If indeed it was their plan to put him with gender because they thought gender would get booed, that just made everything worse. Because the crowd, anyone who's booing Roman Reigns semi-ironically like understands what's happening and now they're going to boo louder. There is no way out of this. They are trapped unless they turn him heel. And they never will. Hmm. Unless they turn him heel to face Mr. Monster in the bank. But we'll get to that. Uh, Carmella retained over Asuka, as we just said, when Ellsworth interfered. Decent match. Yeah. Um, Carmella still doesn't do certain things I'd like her to do. But that's fine. And she, but she uh, super kicked the face off of Oscar on Tuesday night. That was, which was that a, was legit. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a good one. So it's, she more, can, it's her settling that bothers me. It's not her offense. Yeah, yeah. But she, I mean, I feel like she's getting there. I mean, she's so much better than we thought she was going to be a year ago. It's just that a lot of these women sometimes don't take moves, don't take contact to the face uh-huh. because of obvious reasons. You know, your face is your moneymaker when you're a female wrestler, unfortunately. That's just the way that the industry works. I'm not advocating it. I'm just pointing it out. So she doesn't even want to take a hip attack from from Asuka to the face. She's like bumping before there's even contact. Mm-hmm. It's just, it takes me out of the match. Whereas you watch Ronda Rousey later on in this card, she attacks the mat. She looks like she's in real pain. Mm-hmm. She's She's tough. She's a, good. she's a legitimate athlete. Um, AJ Styles beat Shinsuke Nakamura. Their best match of the four, I'd say. Oh, God, over half an hour. It was a really great match. Um, but that's just it. Nakamura's done in the title picture after many months. It looks like he's getting the U.S. title. And has now been directly segued into a feud with uh, face-painted Jeff Hardy. Brother Nero. It's not exactly Brother Nero. Yeah, but it's close. I mean, it's the aesthetic, of, and he's cutting weird promos. 
Yeah, it's more the weird promos, I think, than the, just the face paint. He, he, Jeff Hardy's always been about the face paint, even before the Brother Nero thing. So, um, you know, that's cool. Sure, yeah. Let's that's go for cool. It. Yeah. I'm I, glad they split up the Hardys so they could be running, like, similar weird gimmicks on different <laughs> shows. But that's, that's cool. Um, when they come back together, it'll be so much more meaningful. Yep. All right. Now, the big stuff. Uh, the women's money in the bank ladder match uh, was really good. I I really enjoyed it, and um, I was wait. Who, what were our pick? I don't even remember what our picks were last. Week. Oh, I picked um, Natalia. You, you picked Natalia to then cash in on the uh, women's title match. Who did I pick, Jim? Jim doesn't. Natalia also. Jim doesn't. I remember. thought I, I thought I I thought I picked Alexa Bliss. <laughs> But Alexa Bliss surprised, shocked the world and won. And this is, and when she won, I was watching and I thought to myself, I, I like this. It makes sense. And as we, I remember joking last week that the briefcase was too big for Alexa Bliss to carry around. <laughs> yeah. That, and you know how much I care about the look of someone carrying the briefcase. It ended up not mattering because Alexa Bliss had the briefcase for about 15 seconds. Yep. Um, she cashed in during the Rousey Nia Jax match and won, dispatched Ronda Rousey, pinned Nia Jax, won the won the championship, and now she's back on top on Raw. Um, you know, I I was a big fan of how this whole thing played out. What about you? I thought it was great for what it was. Um, you know, I I sort of thought that the broad beats of of what happened would happen. I didn't think it would be with Alexa Bliss. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be Natalia because they'd built up this right. to what seemed like Ronda's first feud. But that is no longer the case. And it seems like Ronda is going to be feuding with Alexa Bliss when she comes back from the, this kayfabe suspension. And she's probably winning the belt at SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy it. First of all, I, I thought Rousey and, and Nia had a great match. I mean, yeah, I, Rousey is is the truth, man. She's very, she's very good. good. And we'll talk more about her her raw or the the opener of Raw in just a minute. But um, it was a fun. It was it was a fun match. It was good to see. Uh, it was good to see them. I mean, they they were they worked well together, and it was good to see them both look good. And then, and then I think more than anything, this was a great way to sort of get Rousey in the title picture. Um, kind of try the main event on for obviously she was. Her, her mania match was more of a main event than this, I guess. But like, you know what I mean? She's she's this is her big title match, and they you know took away the pressure of her winning or losing. I mean, both of those things would have been would have affected her push in one way or the other. Winning, you know, she would have had a lot to live up to right off the bat, and that's that's a lot. So this is a great way for her to kind of like get in there, show that she's comfortable in the titles picture, and also storyline wise. Um, earn her, I mean, show that she deserves to be in the title picture. Um, and I thought, I mean, I just, I thought it was great. And, and, you know, it'll be fun to see her just tear Alexa Bliss into a million pieces. I mean, that's yeah. Talk about like, you know, putting someone that you know is going to get booed next to somebody that you're, you have a lot of, you have a lot of investment in. I mean, this, this one's going to work. I you think know, so, this yeah. isn't Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. No. People are, people are into this. People really like Ronda and Ronda, I think, got one of the best matches out of Nia Jax ever. Yeah. Because she made Nia's offense look so credible 
I think the only other person who's been able to really do that on a consist- consistent basis is Nia Jack or is Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> God, wow. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. There Woo. we go. Woo. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's and and for and and Sasha does it by ragdolling, you know, and yeah. and and, and um, Ronda was able to do it and still look strong, you know, throughout the whole thing. So mm-hmm. it was it was it was a cool it was, it was a cool kind of change of pace. And then the other Money in the Bank ladder match, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, for a future title shot, heavyweight, whatever, world universal title shot, was won by none other than Braun Strowman. Braunomania is running wild. On Monday night, Braun came out and said, we'll, we'll segue right, right into Raw, which I will say, I will repeat by saying, Raw was fantastic. SmackDown was fantastic. What a, I mean, Money in the Bank, Take it or leave it. It's always fun to see who wins, and they had they had to cash in. So there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, but the biggest shocker of the week to me was how good Raw was and how good SmackDown was. I mean, just good matches, good storytelling, good everything else. Um, but Braun said basically, like, whenever Brock Lesnar decides to come back, he's going to cash in and destroy him. In the meantime, it looks like he's got you know Kevin Owens and to worry about. And I, I mean, is there is you know he, the main event was Kevin Owens and Constable Corbin no. against Strowman and Finn. Um, Finn Balor's kind of fallen into this weird routine of being the guy that eats the pins in these like various superpower team ups. But you know he looked good. He looked good on Sunday. He's giving you, me he's giving me Dolph Ziggler vibes right now. Well, I want to well, good because we're going to talk about Dolph Ziggler in just a second. Excellent. Um, but before we get off this, Braun Strowman, what do you think is going to happen? You think we think this is a SummerSlam match, Strowman versus Strowman versus Lesnar? Well, here's the, the conundrum: Kurt Angle set up a multi-person match to decide the number one contender for Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. They did not state when that match would take place, but they said that Brock's next challenger will come from that match. Do you think right now Vince McMahon knows? When that match will take place. Do you think they know when Brock Lesnar will show up again? I I, I think they know. I think they can dictate because they just say, here's a bunch of money. We need you to work this show. So it's going to be... So the the final match, I mean, the match for the number one contendership is going to happen at Extreme Rules. Yep. Um, And so the winner of that match, presumably the winner of that match faces him at SummerSlam. Presumably, but they, they have conspicuously not mentioned when the match will be. So now I'm confused um, about what the booking is going forward. It seems to me that Strowman should just say, if you're going to be at SummerSlam and you're wrestling this guy, just know I'm cashing in. So I might as well just be on the card because I'm cashing in on you because I know you're going to be there. And then just slot him into the match because... It's almost unnecessary for him to do the running, I'm cashing in right now sort of thing. Yeah, and have him sit by the ring. Yeah, or just say... But if you know he's cashing in, then shouldn't Lesnar and whoever's in that, say it's Roman Reigns or Bobby Lashley or whatever, shouldn't they just like, just, you know, grudgingly shake hands and, and just wait for Braun Strowman to come out and not beat <laughs> each other up in the meantime? Yeah, or just like have him call his shot and say, August whatever... Pencil so, that in. I'm coming. Obviously, I'm in the match. Obviously, WWE has a vested interest for, you know, just for their reports and whatever. They got to sell out Barclays Center for SummerSlam. I don't think that'll be that hard to do. It probably is close already. Uh, and and they want, you know, however many people to tune in on the network. But wouldn't it be cool if Strowman was just like, you know, 
July 1st, 2018, I will be rest like I I challenge Brock Lesnar to a match on the WWE like WWE network nowhere else. That'd be great. That would be the kind of like really cool postmodern social media era thing that they could do now. Yeah. Because they have control over their schedule. They can just take, you know, a couple camera crews or a camera crew with a couple cameras, nothing crazy to a house show and just say we're doing this, we're showing it on the network. Yeah. Tune in. 999 Lesnar Strowman for the belt. It'd be fantastic. Also Lesnar's like, I mean I know this is like kayfabe or whatever work that we, what is it a worker is it a shoot whatever but like most of the time when we see Brock Lesnar he's not wrestling. He might get into brawls or whatever, but most of the time when we've seen Brock Lesnar over the past couple of years it's been Paul Heyman cutting a promo and Lesnar jogging in place behind him, right? Now in kayfabe one would expect Lesnar to show up and have another promo and say like, "Oh, you got you got the money." You know, Heyman could be say, "Yo, you got the money in the bank briefcase." Well, it doesn't matter because my man can beat you anywhere after he's wrestled ten matches in a row. Yeah, but if they show up and cut that promo, then Braun Strowman can cash in. Yeah, right. So like they, so they they're actually not. But then they're not on t- the champs not on TV. Well, I think this is part of the gambit. Right? Is if they announce ahead of time, Brock Lesnar's going to be at Raw, you're going to tune in mm-hmm. because you want to see what Braun Strowman does. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect sort of situation where you create this intrigue, you get people to care about the television product, yeah. and to make a Brock Lesnar appearance mean something. Yes, again. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Me too. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like the idea of him holding the briefcase. It looks silly. <laughs> it will continue to look silly. And I don't need to hear Monster in the Bank again. I, I'm sorry to everyone the fact for the fact that I said it on this show. That's the last time. And I want to make one prediction before we move on. Go I, ahead. I did predict with a fair amount of certainty last year that the SmackDown main event of WrestleMania would be Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles for the title. I said Shinsuke's going to WrestleMania. Uh-huh. I'm going to do the same thing for Raw this year. This is your Stone Cold Lead this Pipe Lock. This is my Schlage Lock of the Week, folks. And it means nothing because I got like two <laughs> predictions right on the pay-per-view, but I'm doing it anyway. Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, WrestleMania for the Universal title. All right. All right. That's the biggest match they can do now. That is that is a match. That is a match they could do. I'll give you that much. Okay. Um, listen, uh, we got to tear through the rest of the Raw and SmackDown real quick, but I think that overall, um, if I was Jonathan Coachman, my one word <laughs> for the rest of this podcast <laughs> is reset. They reset or rebooted like everything they could have done on this show. This felt almost like a Raw after WrestleMania, a Raw and SmackDown, you know, the, the post-WrestleMania thing. They just made those decisions, except it wasn't like new characters, new whatever. It was just they made the decisions right, one after the other. There was tenacity. There was like just like hard edges on everything. It was great. The show opens with Ronda Rousey atta- attacking Alexa Bliss, attacking Kurt Angle. As great as this segment was, by the way, I'm going to take issue with the fact that she was like, lightly slapping Kurt Angle with the briefcase and he wasn't selling. He didn't he know didn't how to sell. sell. It I didn't all. know if he was not able to sell, if he didn't know how to sell because she was just fly swattering him. I, I, anyway. It was confusing and yeah, I wish Kurt had sold those a little bit more than like he was being um, scolded by his... I wish the announcers his... had, had done something with it. Too. It was like, I've, I've brought this up before. Brian Curtis loves to remember, loves this memory, but when uh, 
when Andre turned when Andre the Giant turned on Heenan to go face again at the end of his career, and he like backhand slapped him, but just clearly missed by two feet. Gorilla Monsoon was just like he paintbrushed him. Like <laughs> I that, remember that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that was awesome. Uh, Ronda Rousey finally being booked the way that everybody thought she should be booked all along, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Two days in a row of just like nailing it for her. That's all, and that's a big step. You get yep. it right two days in a row. That's twice as long as it's been done up to this point. Absolutely. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Dolph, the Dolph Ziggler Drew McIntyre combo storyline, whatever, finally paying off. Uh, Ziggler beat Seth Rollins and is the new Intercontinental Champion. What a freaking match, man. Yep. You put two guys like that who are uh, consummate wrestlers, great athletes, good things will happen. And then we get a title change on top of it. Oh, what a great title change. And they paid off. I like. And by the way, WWE's suddenly like paying off thing, like these, like Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura slide right in this feud because Nakamura beat him before the pay-per-view. We were not waiting for this to happen for the reset. And then in Ziggler and Rollins, you get the payoff of the tights pulling on Sunday night and his match against Elias, and now Ziggler won that way. I mean, I cannot wait for the rematch, but at the same time, I also can't wait for Rollins to go do something, get in the gauntlet match or, or the you know the the Extreme Rules match so that Ziggler and McIntyre can just be Sean and Diesel 2.0 and just be out flaunting their IC belt. I mean, there's no downside to this. I'm so excited. Yeah, it, it does seem to me that this is a good way to get the belt off of Seth to give well, him some motivation. About, yeah, I think we talked about that last week. He, I mean, he's he he's he, you can just move him right up. Yep. Um, and I, this sounds like nothing, but uh, but uh, Mojo Rowley beat No Way Jose in basically a squash match. So I don't know if that means No Way Jose's done and Rowley's on the on the up and up or what. But it's uh, we had time to kill. Yeah. Put him out there. Well, this is a big. That's a big swing, and the and the, you know Mojo it, hasn't been on TV for a long time. I forgot he was on Raw. Yeah, no way Jose has a fancy pants entrance. Uh, yeah, it not, is an interesting choice. Uh, no. And then the other thing is that uh, um, Bo Dallas had a great Bray Wyatt impression. <laughs> Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, we are destined to dance in the shadow and float on through space and time. Yeah. yeah, and do all sorts of weird things you're not going to like very much, no. <laughs> I was blown away that by was, that. I don't know that, K-Fabe doesn't really exist anymore, but that was the third, they they, they touched the third rail really? there. I'm not sure, I'm, I'm sure there were like seven-year-olds at home who were just like, wait, is Bo Dallas is Bray Wyatt? I'm confused. <laughs> they're, that's too good of an impression, and well, he looks exactly like him now. Could it be that they're related? Mm, interesting. Uh, Let me go to the Google machine. Um, and then we were just talking about uh, you know Nakamura and, and, uh, and Hardy happening, happening seamlessly. Uh, on SmackDown, we got you know a couple we got cool things there too. Sanity, Sanity debuted and destroyed the Usos. Nice Usos promo to set it up, and then Sanity comes out and just like just beats the crap out of him, and that's nice. Congrats to Eric Young. You're finally on WWE television yeah, after Mazel all these Tov. years. Yeah. And you're also there with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe on the same show. TNA invasion has begun. Um and then we got a we got a, a five-man gauntlet match. <coughs> Excuse me. To see who's gonna take on AJ Styles at Extreme Rules. What a fun match that was. A lot of cool stuff happened. But the match starts right after the Bludgeon Brothers beat Gallows and Anderson. There's a moment as the Bludgeon Brothers are leaving where they stare down Daniel Bryan. 
And it felt like, oh, are they just all remembering that they were in the Wyatt family together one time? Like, there is some <laughs> shared backstory here. Yeah. And then it pays off in the match where after lasting for starting the gauntlet match and lasting for a while, Daniel Bryan gets attacked by the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, and and then gets beat immediately by the Miz, who enters the match. Um, Excellent booking there. Yeah, really, really good. Kenny Erzog texted me, and he was like, man, when Miz Bryan happens, it's going to be insane. WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, it's clear that it's in the long-term plans, and when they're booking this far out, you got to think. Your mind has to go to WrestleMania. Yep. Anyway, um, I don't know what Daniel Bryan versus the Bludgeon Brothers is going to add up to. <laughs> There's a tag team partner in his future. I just don't know who it is yet. Yeah. Who, who is it? An, an unmotivated babyface who could even the odds? Maybe for... they could bring back Big Cass. <laughs> that would be quite a swerve, bro. Um, I don't know. Who do you think it would be? Oh boy. Um, you can you can take the new day out of contention. That would mm-hmm. be strange. Uh, in terms of. Other people that are top baby faces, AJ Styles is out because he's the champion. Jeff Hardy's got Shinsuke Nakamura to worry about. Am I forgetting someone? Yeah, no. There's got to be. There's got to be some. There's got to be somewhere about somebody that we're not thinking. Oh, about. I would love if it was Dean Ambrose. Ooh, ooh, But who has the backstory? I don't know. Rusev is busy. He's in the title feud, and it seems to be a clear baby face now, which is interesting. Uh, so that's what, so we'll come back to Daniel Bryan hypothesizing if we have a minute left at the end. But right now, yeah, the big takeaway is we have a uh, new number one contender. After that really nice gauntlet match, it was Rusev who just went over clean, just beat Miz. Rusev with some nice purple tights. A lot of fire, a lot of babyface fire there on that accolade. Yeah. My only note was like that he was celebrating while still riding the Miz like a horsey, like that. Like he, but I guess that's what you got to do. <laughs> you had so, a little cowboy hat yeah. to swing around. Um, but yeah, uh, it was cool. And then AJ came out. They did the handshake of mutual respect, and then and then uh, Aiden English, you know, did the psych of, for his part and got punched in the face. But Rusev didn't go after AJ. Rusev's you baby know face, baby face, handsome ba- Rusev. Not, it's not a baby face. He's certainly you know. Taking he he he's he has respect you know he's he's taking this seriously. I'm going to make another prediction that Aiden English will cost Rusev the match, and that that's what we've got next is Rusev versus Aiden English and the end of Rusev Day, which is a shame. But if it's got to end, at least he gets his his title match for 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 God's sake. Okay, um, and I'm excited. So Extreme Rules, we have a number one contenders match for. To the, the the shot against Lesnar, mm-hmm. which now has um, uh, Roman Reigns and uh, Bobby Lashley in it, mm-hmm. and then others to be announced. And we and we have a straight up title match: AJ Styles versus Rusev. This is it, man. Rusev, this is the payoff. He's, He's got a lot to prove. He is not winning. Let's just be fair. You got to be fair to Flair here. He's not winning. Okay, so my guess for who Brian's partner is going to be. Mm-hmm. Oof. All right. Um, just, there's not a lot of top level baby faces. Could be Randy Orton. Oh, man. I wasn't even going there. But, but now that you I say it. I, I think he would hypothetically come back for a SummerSlam or well, something. You could also do major. John Cena, right? I mean, he's a free agent if he's around. John Cena would. If you want to do something like that. Things that make a little bit more storyline sense. The Bella Boys you come could, together. You could say, like, hey, my old, like, hey, Samoa Joe, we used to be friends. 
that we have a long history. Let's kill some dudes together. I would be into that. And then there's also you could do a call up. I mean, if you, I mean, if you wanted to really do a big little thing, you could do Brian and Hideo Itami or something like that. Like some, you know, somebody else that Brian has history with that's on that's down in NXT or 205 right now. It's going to be somebody who is going to be a, a star on the level of Daniel Bryan. I don't. I can't imagine they're going to put him with someone like Hideo Itami. But that would be a great use of a day with. I mean, well, like, sure, like yeah. th- that would bring a, a day vacuum. with Tommy up in and a then, vacuum. You know, yes, absolutely. But you're right. We should also that would be weird. We should also very briefly discuss Sasha Banks and uh, oh, Bailey totally exploding. The mega powers explode finally. But my one qualm with this whole thing is I have no idea who's supposed to be the baby face here. It's like they're going to let the audience decide, or they're just not going to think about it, or it's more like we want to keep selling legit boss and and hugger t-shirts and we don't want to turn either of them heel i have no idea what's going on here but bailey attacked her first and then sasha got the upper hand so it's just am i supposed to be mad that bailey beat her up am i supposed to be mad that sasha feels uh rejected and then like threw popcorn at her i have no clue but this has a chance to be not a good match even though they've had a great match in their history more than one it that had a story Sasha was the bad person. Bailey was the underdog. She finally wins her title. This I don't I don't know what's going on here. I'm just you know, tired a, of you know it'd be a really cool like little swerve. Not this isn't a swerve, but a really cool thing would be if they had a match at Extreme Rules and it go you know no feud ends at the first pay per view. We all know that rule. And then they were like, we got to have one final match to determine who's the better wrestler. And because of our history, we're going to do it at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. We're not going to wait for SummerSlam. That'd be awesome. And then they could do like an hour Iron Woman match or something. Yeah. Or do two out of three falls or anything. Like it would be great to give them that freedom to not have to squeeze a match into 10 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, it was an awesome week, man. Good week. We could have talked about Big Cast for an hour. We didn't have to uh, because wrestling was good. Mm Mm-hmm. Keep it um, up, guys. We're going to be back here next week saying, whatever happened? What happened? When? To that great week we were talking about last week. Anyway, Big Cass, WWE wouldn't, but I'll wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Good luck to you Leon out there. White, Big Van Vader, we'll miss you. You're incredible. Everybody listening to this, just stop what you're doing and go get on YouTube. White Castle of Fear, baby. Get it up yeah. on the network. <laughs> Watch Vader Cactus Jack. Oh, there's so much good Vader stuff. All that old Japan footage. Maybe Jim will tweet some out from our account. Anyway, Maybe. Uh, it's a sad day, but it's a good week in wrestling. Those things often go hand in hand. Apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. <laughs> <laughs>